completely honest with you. I, I can live with either one of y'all up there in Congress. What separates you in, in terms of, you'll, you'll say experience, you've been there, but in terms of reviews, your ideology, there's not a ton of difference, is there? Tim, they all say they will be what I've already proven to be. And one big difference is I've been in this job for four terms. I was in Washington, but I never became part of Washington. I was in the swamp, but I never got slimy. Washington does something to people. I've seen it happen over and over again. But I stood firm on the four questions that I used to vote on all legislation. The first, is it moral and right? Second, is it constitutional according to the original intent? Third, do we need it? Fourth, can we afford it? I voted that way when I was there. I'll vote that way when I go back. And so with me, there's no guess. There's no gamble. How many times have we elected somebody because of all the promises that they made to go to Washington and they cave in? I never did. In fact, the, there's a group called Madison Project in Washington that's dedicated to electing Christian conservatives to the U.S. House and U.S. Senate. They said this about me, Tim, quote, It is not an exaggeration to say that Congressman Paul Brown has sustained the most conservative voting record over the longest period of time of any sitting Republican in Congress. Even the fiercest conservative fighters tend to succumb to the establishment meat grinder after a few years. Paul Brown has been inviolable, unquote. And that's because of those four questions. So with me, it's a guarantee. I did what I said I would do. I'll do what I said again. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is I do get my seniority back. I've been assured of that. The voters of the 10th District have a unique opportunity, Tim, to send me back to Washington. With my seniority, I should be able to get regain the chairmanship of the Science Investigations Committee. As a medical doctor, as a scientist and chairman of that committee, God has uniquely positioned me to hold hearings. Americans deserve to know the truth about COVID. We must never, ever allow our schools, our businesses, our economy, and our country to be shut down like uh, Dr. Fauci has done. I will hold him accountable. He is very obviously guilty of conspiring to commit murder by uh, denying life-saving treatments and many other doctors give to our patients. All right, let's, start, all right, let's start there. Congressman okay. Paul yeah. Brown and medical doctor Paul Brown. I mean, that's 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 a very serious, mm-hmm. hard to imagine, a more serious allegation. It's one thing to disagree with Dr. Fauci on matters policy. It's one thing to disagree with him on matters medical. But to say that his policies and his medical advice, and that's what it was, it was the man doesn't have any enforcement power. He was advising the White House, two White Houses, Trump and Biden, to, right. to say that rises to the level of, of murder criminality. Okay, you got to put some meat on those bones for Well, me. I prescribe ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine for my patients. Also, I've sent many patients to get the monoclonal antibodies. Dr. Fauci has pushed the CDC to outlaw that, so doctors can't and won't. Dr. Clint Asford here in town and I are the only two I know of, there may be others, that actually prescribe these kind of treatments that save lives. And Fauci has been instrumental in preventing that from happening. People are dying because of his policies. Okay, but again, at the end of the day, it's a medical opinion that runs counter to yours. It's not. I have yet of all the patients I've treated with that, I have yet to have one even go to the hospital. Those treatments are life-saving in this environment. And Fauci has been instrumental in preventing that. And he's also guilty of conspiring and collaborating with our enemies, the Chinese Communist Party. 
We know without a question he's been involved in the Wuhan, Wuhan lab. That lab is owned by the Chinese Communist Party. It's a biological warfare lab developing biologicals to use in warfare. Uh, Fauci has been involved with them. Once I get all the facts, I'll turn him over to be prosecuted for conspiring to commit murder as well as, uh, as, as, well as treason. He is guilty of treason, and I'm the only candidate in this country that has the scientific credentials, the wherewithal, and the desire as a doctor, as a scientist, and chairman of the Science Investigations Committee to hold him responsible and make sure we never, ever allow our country to be uh, brought to its knees like Dr. Fauci. I, I made a note to myself to mention this when we got you in here. I was talking about this last hour, the matter of fentanyl. Uh, and, and let's trace fentanyl as best we can for a moment. Uh, my understanding is a lot of what's coming here originates in labs in China, uh, gets its way down to Mexico and crosses our southern border and does what it does to our people. The report that I heard a moment ago was that people under the age of 50, people under the age of 50, leading cause of death for Americans under the age of 50 is fentanyl. What's right, going absolutely. on here? Well, in fact, we, we absolutely must secure the border now. We've had both Bush presidencies uh, that did not want to secure the border. It's in the law right now from 1986 to secure the border. But George Herbert Walker Bush, George W. Bush, all the Democrats, every president since Reagan except for Trump, have been globalists. They want open borders. They want a free flow of, of people and drugs and everything else. They do not want to secure the border. We must secure the border now. It's a medical issue with the fentanyl that you're talking about. People are dying from that. Uh, it's, a, it's a medical issue in that we see an uptick of things such as tuberculosis and childhood diseases. They're bringing uh, viruses like COVID into this country. It's a national security issue, Tim. I was on the Homeland Security Committee when I was in Congress. At that time, and I'm told it's worse today, 10% of the people that were apprehended at the border were people that were spies from communist China. They were coming from countries where they're demonstrating in the streets, saying death to America. So it's a national security issue. It's a crime issue. The fentanyl, the drugs, or the other things. We have uh, one of the largest labs making methamphetamine just a few months ago was busted just south of Atlanta, and it was a bunch of Mexicans running that, that lab. It's a crime issue. It's a national security issue. A nation is not secure unless it has secure borders. And we must secure the borders, and we must do it now. I tried to get Dr. Uh, President uh, George W. Bush to secure the border with the military. We should send the military down there. Our governor, as well as the governor of Texas, have been sending National Guard troops down there. It's absolutely imperative for the safety of all Americans to secure the border now. Continue our conversation with the man who has the endorsement of former Georgia Governor Nathan Deal. Uh, congressman, former congressman, wants to be a congressman again, Congressman Paul Brown with us. Uh, President Trump there, never mind the endorsement, I want to focus on something that we actually started talking about earlier this morning in this conversation, uh, th this notion of draining the swamp. Nowhere did President Trump say there were only Democrats in the swamp. Well, there are a lot of Republicans in the swamp. In fact, I fought against my own leadership when I was there. In fact, let me give you a good example. In 2012, after that election, there were 22 of us most conservative members of the U.S. House that met together, and we all signed a pledge to each other that we would not vote for John Boehner to be Speaker. 
only 11 of us did. If 18 had of upheld that pledge to each other, Boehner would not have been speaker in my last term in Congress. I voted for Alan West to be speaker. 11 of the 22 caved in. Why? It's because of all the pressures from the swamp, from the leadership, from the special interest in Washington. And I to, stood to against it. Mean, just to help me understand here, I'm going to, because I'm, I'm in leadership, I can cut off funding to your district, that kind of thing? Correct. In fact, they can basically uh, make any member impotent as far as what they can and can't do as far as promoting policies that they believe in. So, and in fact, a friend of mine, Congressman Tim Hillscamp from Indiana, stood up against Boehner, and Boehner actually recruited a candidate to run against Tim uh, Hills Camp and provided money for this opponent. Took two terms or two cycles to de- defeat Hills Camp, but Boehner did. It seems to me, and by way of a solution, and I'm still wavering on this one. Maybe you can push me one way or the other. Term limits would fix that. No, absolutely not. No, the problem is unlimited government, not unlimited terms. Now I'm. I've said publicly, and you've been there when I did it, that I'm. Uh, I pledge I will not serve 50 years in Congress when I go back at my age. <laughs> well, I mean, you laugh, people have but, done that. But uh, well, I know. But the thing is, uh, it's we've got a philosophy, even with people in, there in their first term, that government needs to solve all problems for all. Uh, Americans, which means that government runs our lives. And it's got to go back to the original principles of unlimited government where people are responsible and accountable for their own lives. I noticed this, and and again, pick a side, whatever you want to believe or or push by way of policy, for example, just to pick one, Obamacare, affordable health care. The thing that I noticed about that, irrespective of what you believe about that particular pile of legislation, it was that the Republicans bought into the premise, and that struck me as a problem, the premise being what you just said, the government can fix this. Well, that's correct. In fact, I introduced and will reintroduce my Option Act, which is the only Republican bill that totally repeals Obamacare. It gets the government out of making health care decisions or medical decisions for anybody, puts doctors and patients in charge of making all of their medical decisions. It will provide access of good quality medical care to all Americans. And the medical care will be cheaper for everybody, all goods and services, insurance, drugs, doctor's visits, hospital visits. Everything will be much cheaper under my Option Act, and it will save Medicare from going broke. But the thing is, the Republicans promised over and over again that they would repeal Obamacare when they got into power. Uh, When they had the presidency, when they had the control of the House and the Senate, they didn't try, even try. They said it was an appeal repeal Obamacare bill, but the Paul Ryan bills nor the Mitch McConnell bill did anything but just amend Obamacare. We've got to get government bureaucrats out of the doctor-patient relationship, and it's critical, and I've introduced the only bill to do so. The thing is, for a lot of people, Tim, one term is too much. One term for AOC is way too much, (laughs) and she needs to go, but there are others. There are Republicans that are the same way. We've got to go back to the principles of our founding fathers, the original intent of the Constitution. That's another thing that separates me from all these other candidates. They're all proposing, all proposing the federal government fix this problem and that problem. 
They're all proposing that the federal government mandate things to the private sector, and there's no constitutional authority for the federal government to be mandating anything to the to us as individual or to or to business or anything else. I've got that proven record. Nobody else does. I have the only proven conservative voting record. I'm the only one in this race that actually wants to repeal the War Powers Act and the authorization for use of military force. We should never, ever go to war unless Congress declares war. We used to see bumper stickers, I'm sure you have and many of us have, on cars here in Athens, Georgia, that says war is not the answer. And it's not the answer. We well, need depends to go on back what the question the, is. What's that? Well, doesn't it depend on what the question is? Well, actually, under the Constitution— I mean, well, you, oh. you proposed a moment ago, you said we should send troops down to protect our southern border. That's right. If what's that's happening not across war. that southern border is an invasion, well, that's right. uh, then well, then we meet it with military force and we stop it. Uh, so in that instance, to, to without getting into the formalities of a declaration or not, war would in fact be the answer. Well, in fact, Congress should declare that war because we have a war at the, at the uh, border today. And, and Congress should declare a war against the invasion that's going on in the southern border. I agree with you 100%. We should send the military down there and stop it. And we need to stop it today. I was just looking here, this and to get into the process in the days that we have left between now and the election that ends next week, uh, just look at it, money. Uh, Mike Collins, far and away the most of it in terms of money raised and, and cash on hand, 650000 some odd for him. Uh, the others, uh, let's see, uh, David Curry at 144, Vernon Jones at 128. Timothy Barr at 119. There's Paul Brown down there $69,000 cash on hand. You got enough money to get to the finish line here? Absolutely. We're, of course, we need more. The more we can advertise, the uh, greater opportunity we'll have to win in this election. I have been uh, messaging all along. I don't get the special interest money. I don't get the establishment money because I'm trying to take power away from the from the special interest in Washington, the establishment in Washington. I'm trying to leave dollars in people's pockets so that we can run our lives without all this government intrusion. And people can contribute by going to paulbrown.com, P-A-U-L-B-R-O-U-N.com, and contribute so we can buy more ads on WGAU. A couple of minutes left here. I just got this note from a listener, and and my memory is, is right on this, as is his. Uh, but spend about a minute here and flesh this out. Here's what Carl says. Paul Brown brought Caterpillar to Athens. That's now, correct. Okay, all right. Well, I started the you, process. That's, that's what he goes on to say. He picked up the ball first and got it going. Step us through what happened there. In fact, I'm the only member of Congress that I know of in, the, in my lifetime that has actually done that. I started the process that brought Caterpillar as well as Baxter Pharmaceuticals here to Georgia. You were, to tell the story, you were in the room when some Caterpillar executive says, you know, we're casting about for some place to be. And well, say, Wait a minute, call our governor. <laughs> that, that's not exactly how it happened. I met with some of the Caterpillar executives, and they uh, were talking about an issue, political issue, that they were concerned about. And I asked them, after we got through with that, I said, why don't y'all bring Caterpillar to Georgia? And they said, well, we, and I told them, <laughs> Up in Moline, Illinois, the weather's terrible, the cost of living and labor is all high. Why don't you come to Georgia? And they said, well, we're thinking about bringing a plant from Japan here back to the United States. Georgia wasn't even on their windshield at that time. And I put on my uh, hat of trying to promote economic development here in Georgia and uh, 
talked to them and basically tried to sell them on Georgia. And I asked them at the end of that conversation, could I get my governor to call whoever's the, the uh, decision maker in Caterpillar? I walked out of that room, actually on the sidewalk, right outside the building, and I called the governor <laughs> on the cell phone and said, Governor, you need to call these people quickly. Five months later, we broke ground here mm. on the Orkin track. And I have to hand it to Nancy Denson and Melvin uh, Davis in Oconee County for helping to spur that on. But I started the process, and I'll continue to, to propose economic development for Georgia. PaulBrown.com, and that's B-R-O-U-N, PaulBrown.com campaign website for congressional candidate Paul Brown. Best of luck on the 24th. Thanks for your time this morning. Please vote for me, Tim, and all the listeners. Bring Seven. back Brown. <laughs>